The manhunt getting larger by the second, why the main mass shooter hasn't been found yet. And check this out, pockets of heavy rain are moving through the area again. I'll show you a taste of winter coming soon in First Warning Weather. And why some Texas school districts are celebrating today after a judge weighs in on the fight over changes to their A through F rating system. Police in Lewis and Maine are still looking for the Army Reservist who officials say shot and killed 18 people Wednesday night. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marin. And I'm Britt Moreno. Now today, authorities announced most of those shelter-in-place orders have been lifted. Officials have also now released all the names of the victims, including the 14-year-old boy who was killed. NBC's Chris Pallone is there in Lewiston learning more about what's being done to try to find the shooter. As the search for Robert Card intensifies in Maine, police are increasing their focus on a portion of the Androscoggin River in Lisbon, with investigators looking from the air, walking the riverbanks, and diving beneath the water. This area is where police found Card's abandoned car moments after the shooting rampage Wednesday night that left 18 people dead at two businesses in nearby Lewiston. The river is a big piece of this. Tens of thousands in the region remain under shelter-in-place orders for a second straight day. Schools and businesses were closed, the streets largely deserted. The unknown adding tension to a community that just wants to grieve. Victims' families are slowly learning more about their loved one's last moments and sharing stories about how they stood up and faced death so others might have a chance to live, like Leroy Walker's son, Joey. He could have gone right out the back door. He was only 20 feet from the back door. He wouldn't have been possibly even shot at all. But I knew my son wouldn't do that anyways. I knew that was not going to be Joey Walker. As the search for Card continues, authorities are facing mounting questions about whether he should have had access to guns in the first place. Card's family tells NBC News they were increasingly concerned about his mental health after he began hearing voices and making threats. There's going to be an opportunity to answer all those questions. Police say their main focus right now is keeping people safe until Robert Card is found. Chris Pallone, NBC News, Lewiston, Maine. And tomorrow is the kickoff of deer hunting season in Maine, known as Maine Resident Only Day. Hunting has been prohibited in Lewiston for now. The concern is the gunfire could interfere with the search for the suspect. Going in depth, in the wake of the mass shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde last year, KXAN began a series of reports called Stop Mass Shootings. And while our research is more focused on school security, our message is still the same, to provide context and explore solutions surrounding gun violence. You can dig deeper into our reporting on gun regulations, mental health, social media, activity tracking, and so much more over at our website, kxan.com. Maynard ISD confirmed to us today that district police arrested a student as a person of interest in a threat to school security made earlier this week. And even though that threat wasn't credible this time, Maynard ISD says the student will now face, quote, appropriate disciplinary and legal action making a terroristic threat threat is a felony offense. Now last year we asked districts how they let parents and families know if there's any kind of threat or emergency at a school campus. Del Valley and Hutto ISD say they use a system called Parent Square which provides automated text email and phone call messages to parents. Eanes ISD uses something similar called Skylert. Austin ISD says it communicates via robocall, text, emails, 
and all those districts are on social media as well. And just a reminder for everybody tonight, school districts prioritize contacting you, the parents, first about threats to a child's school before ever contacting the media. Digital reporter Cora Nice has more on what districts are going to keep doing to make sure that all our kids stay safe under this story at KXAN.com. And let's check in with David now as we have some rain sweeping through the area. And David, you also have some new information on yesterday's tornadoes. Yes, we told you we had a confirmed tornado yesterday morning in Caldwell County, and now we're learning how strong it was. I'll tell you, tornadoes don't get much smaller or more brief than this. The National Weather Service confirmed a little EF0 which is the bottom of the scale from zero to five. And even then, winds hardly qualified as that. 65 miles an hour. It was only on the ground for one minute and 10 yards wide. The damage track, little as it was, was only less than a half a mile long. You can read more about that tornado yesterday on KXAN.com now. Let me show you a few more storms moving through. No tornadoes, no flooding right now. But look at this big towering cloud over downtown. Our West Shore home studio cam is warm, but it looks a little ominous. Check out this little smattering of downpours all across the area. Zooming into Austin, we've had some periods of heavy rain, especially on the west side of town over the past hour. Now some little downpours in South Austin, crossing 35 and Ben White. A few more moving through East Austin. And one little thunderstorm kind of losing its punch as it's about to bring some rain into the Georgetown area up north. It's not only some scattered rain and a lot of humidity, but the first of two cold fronts, which is going to have a big impact on our weekend forecast. Don't miss the taste of winter coming on Sunday next. The system who is holding us accountable should be held accountable as well. More than 100 Texas school districts are celebrating a judge's decision to temporarily stop the release of the state's A through F school ratings. The Texas Education Agency, which calculates the scores, told KXAN it will immediately appeal that ruling. KXAN investigative reporter Kelly Wiley breaks down what this means for districts and parents. This ruling only applies to the 2022-23 school year. Those ratings were set to be released next month, but now a judge says that can't happen. This all stems from this A through F refresh TEA has been working on. It raises the metrics a school district would need to get an A. The judge in this case agreed that based on the evidence presented in this month's hearing, that TEA violated a Texas law that would require the agency give districts better notice of any changes to how the A through F rating is calculated. At that hearing, we also learned under this new methodology, 28% of all Texas schools would have lower A through F scores. District leaders said even now, they are still not entirely sure how the state would calculate student progress on last school year's data. Any claims that what was done is legal is negligent. Because if you look at the ruling yesterday, that tells you that it was illegal. The second piece is any claims that parents or community members really look at the A through F system and performance data as meaningful is also false. Because I can tell you this is a system that is long overdue for accountability reform. In a statement to KXAN last night, TEA said this ruling completely disregards the laws of this state and for the foreseeable future prevents any A through F performance information from being issued. They went on to say, though nearly 10% of our school system's leaders disagreed with the methods used in A through F enough to file this lawsuit, the complete absence of public performance information means that 100% of our school systems cannot take actions based on these ratings stunting the academic growth of millions of Texas kids. 
And for an idea of how many districts are represented in this lawsuit, Dallas ISD is participating, Pflugerville ISD, Leander. This is infecting districts large and small. In Austin, Kelly Wiley, KXAN News. Jurors had a short day today to wrap up this first week of the murder trial for Austin police officer Christopher Taylor. He's accused in the on-duty shooting death of 42-year-old Michael Ramos during a police call in 2020. KXAN's Grace Peter has been tracking the trial and brings us today's testimony. The jury had a half day today and largely heard from the detective in charge of this investigation back in 2020. The state focused today on the fact that Christopher Taylor, accused of murder in the 2020 death of Michael Ramos, did not provide an interview to APD investigators. And in getting that interview, there was a departure from APD policy during that process. A detective testified that typically APD allows officers to review some body camera video to refresh their memory prior to interviewing but said when Taylor showed up with his attorneys for what the detective testified he expected would be an interview, only the attorneys viewed that video, which the detective says is what was not in line with their policy. The attorneys then provided a written statement and Taylor never interviewed. I was disappointed, but it is within their right to they're representing their client. The detective you just heard from later read Taylor's statement, that written statement to the jury. We're going to have details on that for you coming up tonight on KXAN News at 6. Grace, thank you. Coming up, the latest in the war between Israel and Hamas, with the Israel Defense Forces is accusing Hamas of, and when a ground invasion could happen. And you won't see any more of those cruise driverless cars in Austin anymore, at least for now, why the company is also suspending operations across the entire nation. Israeli Defense Forces say they have intelligence showing several Hamas command and control centers are positioned in Gaza underneath at least 10 hospitals. But Hamas is category, uh, categorically denying that claim, saying that Israel is using this to justify more bombing. Now, many of hosp the hospitals in Gaza right now are facing a breaking point. They're running out of fuel and they're overloaded with patients. This comes after the second night of Israeli incursions into Gaza. Most believe there will be a ground advance in the near future. Last night, U.S. warplanes hit targets in Syria following attacks on U.S. forces by Iran-backed fighters. The two locations hit were Iranian troops, store weapons, and ammunition. The U.S. Department of Defense says at least 21 U.S. troops had been injured last month, and the department is still trying to deter future attacks on American troops. Coming up, the clock is ticking until the big game between the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. We're live from Arlington for game one of the 2023 World Series. And great to see the lake levels still rising after recent rainfall. Buchanan is up eight inches. Travis almost up three feet in the past couple of days. With that said, Travis has only gone from 35% full to 37% full. But more rain is coming and a cold front next. The murder was truly horrible. The wounds that young woman suffered almost too difficult to describe. The whole town was on edge. And then it happened again. No one knew who did this thing. Was he hiding in plain sight? Tonight on Dateline at 8 on KXAN. 
All right, well, here we go. Game one of the 2023 World Series, the 119th Fall Classic. You're taking a live look at Globe Life Field, where the Texas Rangers and Arizona Diamondbacks will play in just a few hours. And notice how that roof is closed. We'll have to talk to David about that coming up in a moment. The Texas Rangers are making their third appearance in the World Series. Our Tobin McDuff is in Arlington, where all the excitement is taking place. Tobin, who gets to start for the Rangers tonight? Great, Daniel. Great to be with you. Well, Bruce Bochy is handing the ball off to Nathan Ivaldi. He becomes the third Texas Rangers pitcher to start game one of a World Series, joining C.J. Wilson and Cliff Lee. For Ivaldi, though, this will be his fourth appearance in a World Series, but it is his first start. He made three relief appearances with the Boston Red Sox back in 2018, including a memorable six-inning stint in an 18-inning loss to the Dodgers. Very excited for this opportunity to be able to start a game. Obviously, I'm very grateful for the past experiences. Just being able to participate and get into the World Series was big, and you know, I kind of had my moment there. Uh, but coming in, having Game One, trying to set the tone for the team. Um, there's a lot of pressure with that, but there's also a lot of excitement, and you know, I'm definitely ready for this opportunity and go out there and you know, compete against a really good lineup. The Diamondbacks counter with their ace, Zach Gallen, who won 17 games this season during the regular season. But in the postseason, he has struggled an ERA of 5.24. First pitch slated tonight for 7.03 here at Globe Life Park in Arlington, reporting live on the McDuff World Series. And you can already tell how energetic yeah, it, it is, is there. It is rocking in there, yeah. It <laughs> raucous for sure. What's the very latest on the weather? Uh, you said it. There is some rain up there. Mm -hmm. There's also a cold front there. And that's coming here this weekend, so we got a lot to get to. Let's start with the downpours that are out there right now in parts of Austin. Coda, slippery, wind wet. We've got rain falling 82 degrees out there near the airport in Elroy. Notice these little downpours still wetting many of our roadways on rush hour this Friday evening. Please be careful as you're heading out and about. And yes, a few of these downpours may last through our Friday night football games, although they'll be waning a bit later this evening. Here's one little pocket of heavy rain in South Austin, South Lamar at Ben White getting wet. This will be moving up South 1st Street toward downtown pretty shortly. Here's Lake uh, Decker Lake rather in East Austin getting some heavy rain as well, lifting up over 290 west of Manor. And another downpour just east of Pflugerville, wetting some of our country roads out in northeastern Travis County. I mentioned the cold front up in Dallas. This is just one of two big changes in the temperature that are coming our way. 84 in Austin, 50s in Oklahoma City. This front, even though it's quite close to us, is actually actually going to get hung up and not really make it here. Uh, but the second cold front, this is what we're more concerned about. A big push of Arctic air, the first one of the autumn so far. This is going to get a boost through here on Sunday. So with that first cold front getting hung up tomorrow, it's just as hot and humid as today. Mix of sun and clouds at the Texas BYU game. And yes, there is a chance of a few passing downpours, maybe a little lightning, but the chance of rain is lower than the past several days. So let's plan on a sweaty time out there and do plan on the possibility of rain just in case. Let's get right to the big temperature drop on Sunday morning. Here we are at 7 a.m. The cold front starting to nose into our area. I won't draw it because I want to see how sharp this temperature drop is. The warmest part of the day Sunday is before lunchtime. Temperatures start to drop in the northern hill country precipitously by late Sunday morning. In Austin, we may hit 80 by midday and then boom, we're dropping into the 50s and 60s very quickly after that. Cold front even clears Fayette County by mid-afternoon Sunday. 
totally different by late Sunday afternoon with hill countries uh, falling below 50 degrees in some areas. By Sunday night, temperatures area-wide falling into the 40s and these gusty cold north winds, they are going to make a serious chill on Monday morning. Air temperatures in town near 40, wind chills close to freezing after highs in the 80s on Saturday. And yes, wind chills in the hill country may even drop into the mid-20s. With that front, we will see a little amplification of the rain chance late Sunday as well. Notice this little broken line of showers along the leading edge of the front, but behind it, rain showers and even a few storms pick up late Sunday afternoon. And Sunday night into Monday, this turns into that kind of wintry weather that we see around here. Cold, windy weather with steady light rain. Look at this shield of rain from Wednesday morning through much of the day. The good news is this shouldn't produce any flooding problems and it will be beneficial. One to two inches of rain expected still to go here over the next seven days. Most of that falls on Sunday night into Monday. Temperatures tonight 73 degrees with just a few showers possible during the overnight hours. Tomorrow 87, very warm and muggy. A few scattered downpours possible, but less likely than today. After that, temperatures plummet on Sunday afternoon. How about a record cold day on Monday with a high of only 46? Things are looking better for trick-or-treat plans, not in terms of temperature, but with the rain clearing out. It will be a chilly, dry Tuesday evening. On our way to the 30s for several mornings, we will see our first rural freeze of the season several mornings next week. All right, David, thank you very much. Texas Parks and Wildlife Biologists expect deer hunters statewide to have plenty of opportunities to fill their freezers this season. They say it's all thanks to rain. Parts of the state received drought-quenching rain in the spring, and that allowed for the growth of weeds and flowering plants, which are critical to a deer's diet coming out of winter. Now, those conditions also helped keep fawns healthy enough to survive their first six months. But even the areas that didn't get much rainfall are still set to exceed population expectations from the 2022 season. The department also says hunting doe, female deer, around Llano and Mason counties will be especially important in order to balance out the doe to buck ratio. Hunters in the Hill Country and Edwards Plateau areas should expect more bucks between the ages of two and five, and hunters looking for older bucks should go south of Austin to the Hondo Del Rio areas. An airline is canceling a flight route from Austin to a popular European city. Why it's blaming the tech industry. Right now, members of the deaf community among the dead from those mass shootings in Maine. We speak to the widow of one victim. Also, the man known as the Crypto King takes the witness stand in his trial. What he takes responsibility for on Nightly News. Well, we told you last night, driverless car operator crews will be suspending operations in Austin. Well, that goes for all markets in the U.S. The company says it's doing so to examine its operations and, quote, rebuild public trust. This comes after California's DMV suspended the company's testing permit for driverless vehicles. And we've told you about some of the issues with cruise vehicles here in Austin, including vehicles sometimes stopping in the middle of the road. Virgin Atlantic is suspending its route connecting Austin Bergstrom International Airport to London Heathrow starting in 2024. The British airline said it's due to persistent softening in corporate demand, specifically the tech sector. Now, the airline launched nonstop flights to London just last year in May and has been in direct competition with British Airways. Virgin Atlantic saw about a third of the number of passengers that British Airways had flying to and from Austin. This graph created by our digital data reporter Christopher Adams shows in August 
British Airways had over four times the amount of passengers compared to Virgin. For context, it's not just Virgin feeling the impacts of the tech industry. The Austin Business Journal reports Apple, also a major Austin employer, reduced travel budgets and began requiring employees to get approval from higher-ups. It also stopped travel completely for some departments. Tonight on KXAN, it's The Wall at 7, then it's an all-new Dateline at 8, taking us all the way to KXAN News at 10. And don't forget, you can join us an hour earlier, if you'd like, over on CW Austin for KXAN News at 9. Here's where to find us.